Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Cap City Sportscast. My name is Callahan Seed. I cover the Monona Grove Silver Eagles, the Cambridge Blue Jays, the Deerfield Demons, and the McFarland Spartans. Yeah, that's the one. I, I, got, <laughs> I got sidetracked because I forgot to ask what episode this was. I did a terrible job at planning for this episode. Peter, who do you cover? I sometimes forget, too, or just momentarily. Uh, Wanakee Warriors, uh, DeForest Norskis, Lodi Blue Devils, and Pointed Pumas. And uh, Sun Prairie Cardinals, uh, Sun Prairie West Wolves. Uh, Waterloo Pirates and Marshall Cardinals. I'm Ryan Gregory. <laughs> episode 56 is one for the Bucks, baby. We're this might, be, our, this might be the best off. one yet. I thought it was episode 56, but then I panicked. I'm like, I knew we were in the linebacker number range. And I was like, I knew Brian Urlacher was a couple weeks ago. But, yeah, uh, positive note, though, I feel like, you know, this was kind of the week where uh, some teams that we had questions going in were able to get some stuff solved. The Forest uh, got a yeah. big conference win. McFarland got a big conference win. Sun Prairie East back to two and two. Again, playing out like last year, surprisingly. We all came <laughs> yes. on before yeah. and we're like, yeah, it wouldn't shock us. And then, yeah, all this stuff happens. Yeah. Uh, yep. But yeah, Ryan, it seemed like you had an exciting week uh, when you were coming on here. You were boasting in how well your teams uh, did this week. So I guess. Talk, you have your pick of exciting games, so I guess go for what you think was the most captivating game of the week for you. You know, it's, it's hard to pick just one because we had an overtime game and we had a last-second game-winning field goal. But uh, I'm going to go with the Sun Prairie West win over Milton because, wow, has that program improved. And I said it last week. I was like, this is really the prove-it game for me because it's like, okay, you beat Mass and East. Okay, you beat Mass and West. That's, you know, whatever. They looked vastly improved against Watertown, and then it was – you know, Milton gave them their first loss ever last year, and it was by 17 points. And so I was like, if you can go down there and beat them, I mean, like, you guys are for real, for real. And uh, it deserved 4-0, and and uh, it really came down to the wire. It was not much of an offensive game. I mean, uh, West had 67 passing yards. Milton had 62 rushing yards. Both teams kind of, you know, doing what they could to move the ball up, up the field. But um, heading into the last couple seconds of the game, uh, Mar- uh, Sun Prairie West gets the ball with about – Four minutes and some change left, uh, trailing nine to seven. Um, get the ball all the way up the field. Brady Rhodes, the quarterback for West, did a great job of kind of you know breaking the pocket, getting out, scrambling for yards, which was huge for them. Got him up the field, and then uh, senior kicker Paul Franks, the soccer team transplant, hits the twenty-nine yarder, ten-nine uh, as with like eighteen seconds left on the board. They kick off, they get a tackle, game over. I mean, what what a game! I wish I could have been at that one. <laughs> Obviously, it was a road game. If that would have been played, like I like I said to the, you know, the, the, I interact with the social media account at Sun Prairie West quite often. They're like, you should have been at this game. I was like, if it was at Bank of Sun Prairie, I would have been. That was yeah. a, you know, a great game for them and a, a real indication of how how far they've come. And you know, another big test coming up this week playing Sun Prairie East. And so, you know, it it took a last second miracle against Milton, and now you got to turn right around and play a team that you know spanked you last year it's one of those things where if i could use coaching speak here that's one of the things that's hey we're happy about this but we're already focused on some yep. Perry east next mm-hmm. week and i'm sure that's the mentality josh o'connor's got those guys thinking of. and i guess also too for you uh was since you were at you were at some prairie east versus beaver dam if I, I sure was correctly. well yep. some prairie east looked like they kind of got back on track a little bit yeah you know with how good beaver dam was earlier in the season i was like oh boy are we going to be looking down the barrel of one and three because you know mm-hmm. beaver dam was ranked number six in d2 coming into that that with that stellar rushing attack and on Unfortunately, a side effect of, of, of this win is Beaver Dam did lose Gabe Klatt, their senior running back, to another ACL injury. He's, oh. he's done as a high schooler, which is such a bummer. And, 
You know, Beaver Dam lost him in the middle of the second quarter, and the game was mm. essentially over there. But, you know, that's not to discredit Sun Prairie East's effort at all. They jumped all over them. They were up 17-0 by the end of the first quarter. Mm. And I talked to Coach Kaminsky after the game, and that was really the point because, you know, you got to watch the taste of that Wanakee game out of your mouth immediately. They lost by 31. It was their first <laughs> shutout as Sun yeah. Prairie East. And so, you know, he said that was the goal. It was like we needed to jump on them immediately. We needed to, you know, put that game behind us and, you know, focus on this game and, Sam Estringa catches a, a screen pass to score, and the game's essentially over there because the defense really returned to form. I was so worried about – because, you know, both Wanaki and McGuanago just ran all over that defensive line. They're starting to figure it out. You know, those guys are mainly juniors. There's a lot of guys playing varsity for the first time. And so, the, you know, the, it, it's starting to gel. They're starting to figure it out. The linebackers are doing good at filling holes. And, um, you know, especially with that clad injury, um, the, the game was essentially over when that happened. But – uh, Drew Cavanaugh, a bit of a re- return to form. No picks today. I know that's been mm. a problem against both McGuanago and Wanakee, and, you know, that's really all you could ask for. And sophomore running back Brady Kaufman, 147 yards on the on the day. <sighs> I mean, the kid's been a revelation for them. Uh, running back was a bit of a revolving door the first couple weeks. But, you know, I'm really impressed with his vision. I'm impressed with how tough of a runner he is, and he's, you know, solidified a spot in that backfield. He is the lead back now as a sophomore, which is, you know, tough to do at a program like Sun Prairie East. And, you know, now it's uh, on to Sun Prairie West, another you know very improved team. That that rivalry game is going to be fun to watch this Friday. I feel like that's going to be tough for you because if I remember correctly on the schedule, and we'll get to Waterloo and Marshall in a second here, but Waterloo and Marshall play at the same time as Sun Prairie East and Sun Prairie West. And I'm going to Marshall Waterloo. Well, well, yeah, you have had a tough, yeah, tough, tough, uh, tough call there, but I think that's the correct one. <laughs> that one's to win the Eastern Suburban. Yeah. Whereas you know Wanakee's going to waltz to a big. Uh, yeah. Badger Large Conference win again. And, sure speaking, looks that way. and speaking of Wanakee waltzing to the Badger, which I great <laughs> verb as well. Yeah. Too. I what love can I say? A, love a waltz. That's why they pay me the small bucks. <laughs> Same here. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was so much of a waltz as it was a slam dance, I think, against uh, Winona Grove. It was, uh, I, I was running around on Friday. I, I went up to Point at first to get some photos. And uh, at all the way, I was like, man, if that Monona, if Monona Grove makes it a close game, I might have had a bad call there because I should be covering that one. By the time I get there, it's halftime, and it's 56 nothing Wanakee. Um, ben Lindley had three touchdowns in the first quarter. Uh, one was short, one was about medium, and then he busted off a 90-yarder uh, late in the first quarter that I think really kind of broke Silver Eagles' backs. Um, another strong defensive effort, handful of uh, sacks, uh, three picks, um, one by Jake Bova, two by Lucas Hamilton. We talked about his brother Ian Hamilton last week, but Lucas got two this week. Um, so uh, they, uh, they're they just they, – they, uh, they seem unstoppable. Um, it, it really looks like they could be due for a special season, especially this year where, you know, I don't think there's a fear of them getting bumped up to Division One. So, um, you know, I mean, everything's looking good. They got a three-headed monster at running back. They got a quarterback who's really settling in, giving them really efficient, strong quarterback play. They got a host of great receivers. <laughs> they got a, a special teams with good return guys, reliable kickers. I, I, it's hard to find a weakness right now with Wanaki. Yep. Yeah, they are literally the definition of firing on all cylinders yep. right now. Mm. So, yeah, Wanaki continues to roll. Expect them to roll as well, too. If you're a Monona Grove fan, uh, 
it's tough right now to get a judge on the Cardinals. Or, I mean, not on the Cardinals. The Silver Eagles, I should say, because Wanaki uh, and some Prairie East, two tough teams start off the year, but, you know, they got the big win against Stoughton. It's still early, and also Madison will follow it as well, too. You know, I, I expect them to bounce back, but they have an extremely tough uh, matchup this week against Mount Hora Barneville. Oof, Another oof. state ranked They're tough. Game. So, yeah. Ooh, I know. Start I think, to the season. So, yeah, Goodness gracious. You get Wanaki, who's <laughs> at the top of state for Division Two, I think it is. And then uh, Mount Horeb, uh, second-ranked team in Division Three. You know, I've seen them week one. I would bump them up to the – yeah. if I had a case in the poll. I, you know, I do think as well, too, you know, I like to think back to, you know, some of the old days of college football where they would just go off the writer's poll. Mm-hmm. It would be hilarious if us three had, you know – uh, a say in the rankings for the football coaches rankings. I'd get so many emails from coaches be like, I saw you didn't have us in your top <laughs> yeah, ten. I'm no kidding, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you have McFarland in your top five? You only got one win to start off the year, right? Spartans? Believe in the Spartans. <laughs> the eye test. It's yeah. all about yeah. the eye test. <laughs> yeah, but no, speaking of the Can't Spartans. Can't measure heart. <laughs> but speaking of the Spartans, though, they got their first conference win of the year against Jefferson. This uh, young Spartans team was able to bounce back uh, in a good way. Uh, second play of the game, they get on the board uh, with uh, Braylon Roeder finding Andrew Kelly for a long touchdown pass. You know, a good way to get those two guys going. Uh, but unfortunately, Kelly hurt his shoulder on the second drive, did not return. So I'm thinking, ah, who's going to, you know, step up in that role? Hayden Harrison, two touchdowns. Last week against Monroe, he got his first career touchdown, decided, hey, I can follow that up with two of them, including a nice touchdown grab in the kind of back corner of the end zone. Uh, before halftime a photo that somehow i was able to get a nice <laughs> photo so check that out in the print paper and online as well too i have a hard time getting those photos i don't know how i got it but i was so excited i nearly ran onto the field myself <laughs> and spiked the football you should you deserve it <laughs> i should have but yeah uh so harrison two touchdowns blake bernhardt uh, had a nice touchdown off a screen pass also too another thing with the spartans they were able to get the run game going uh first three we- three weeks of the regular season uh I don't think they even had 50 rushing yards. Andrew Malley uh, breaks 100 yards, including a 30-yard touchdown run. Uh, when I talked to Paul Ackley afterwards, he said, thought we controlled the line of scrimmage tonight. You know, that's like their one area where they have some seniors and some depth. That one they're able to control. And as well, too, I thought they did a good job. Jefferson's got a nice uh, senior running back, Drew Peterson. Uh, when you look at his stat line, you know, he had three touchdowns and over 200 yards. But it wasn't like where he was breaking off long runs. Like the Spartans, I thought, did a good job of bending but not breaking. Uh, Cooper Cornish had a really solid game. So, yeah, Spartans get their first win. Literally just like last year, they lose to Lodi, Mount Horeb, and Monroe. They get the win, bounce back win against Jefferson. They now face Delvin Darien. Next week, I have, or this week, I have no idea what Delvin Darien looks like. So I'm not going to you know, make any bold claims, especially if you know I don't know how long Andrew Kelly is going to be out for. But all of a sudden, it's like, you know, the thing I said at the beginning of the year, give the Spartans a little bit of time, and they still got stuff to work on, but they're going to kind of start finding their groove here in conference play as, you know, things continue. So good win for the Spartans there, all-around good team effort. Also, too, Tate Eccles hitting two nice field goals as well, too, and a couple nice punts if I could give a little shout-out to the special teams. But, yeah, Ryan, I want to toss back over to you because, you know, we go from your uh, game-winning field goal to the overtime thriller that happened in Waterloo. Yeah, you know, for anyone familiar with Waterloo and Cambridge, going into that game, if you would have told them it was going to be 7-7 seven to seven at the end of regulation, they would have called you a liar. <laughs> you know, for the last couple of years, these have been two of the most high-flying, you know, willing to rely on the pass offenses in the Eastern Suburban. And, you know, it just wasn't working for either side. Uh, Matt Buckman with 184 passing yards. Uh, Cal Hush with 79. 
and uh, threw a pick, which is very rare for him. He takes mm. great care of the ball. Uh, so you could see uh, Buckman had two himself, so you could see that you know, they're trying to push the ball, but it just wasn't working. You know, testament to both defenses. But like I said, it ends up 7-7 seven to seven at, the, at the end of regulation, and Waterloo gets the ball first, and then they just, you know, rode Trevor Ferrari. That We talked about him earlier, kind of making the switch to running back and that being huge for them. And Waterloo was like, well, you got to get the ball in one of your best players' hands and just hand it to him all the way into the end zone. Um, he also takes in the two-point conversion on the exact same play. You know, it was, um, it was a direct snap and just, you know, overloading the left side and running behind all the big guys. And they just did it twice because I was talking to one of their assistant coaches, um, Thurston Schuster, and he said, you know, they didn't adjust the first time and they were kind of scrambling. So they were like, oh, let's run again. Let's see if they, they can get it figured out. And they didn't. <laughs> and so uh, Waterloo goes ahead 15-7. to seven, And then, uh, unfortunately for Cambridge, Buckman gets hurt in the overtime period. And the backup kind of hoist up a, a prayer right right away, first first play for Cambridge's offense. And Cam Schantz goes up and picks it off and the game's over. It was, uh, you know, two straight weeks that I think Waterloo sweated a lot more than they wanted to against teams that they should have really beat up, beaten up on, especially Marcus Ann. But, you know, Cambridge was improved, but, you know, Waterloo was pretty pretty easily the favorite in that game. And so, you know, the coaches are trying to look at the bright side. They're like, hey, they know how to win tough games now. They've had to stick it out and <laughs> kind of make the best of their own mistakes and still find ways to win. So there's positives in everything, especially, you know, never apologize for being 4-0, never apologize for winning games. But, you know, uh, they were very quick to say we can't play like that against Marshall. Marshall will – bury you under the field if you're making mistakes like that and allowing teams that you're better than to, to stick around Marshall will happily run for 300 yards and take a 30 point win yeah. yeah style points do not matter in high school football as long as you get that W next to your name that is what matters as you continue exactly. towards this playoff chase uh, for Cambridge uh, Buckman's uh, when I talked with uh, Coach Nellis about that and he was telling me about Buckman's injury it sounds like they're just going to kind of take it day by day he might play in the Dodgeland game. He might not. So at least we, they won't need him. It doesn't sound like it's a season-ending injury. So mm. that's positive. So yeah, I'll see what happens with that. Yeah, tough spot though for a, a sophomore quarterback, Jet Horton, to go into because he got a little bit of playing time against Palmyra Eagle. Uh, that kid made. One he step. played varsity basketball last year, right? Varsity basketball and was also the pitcher on the baseball team as I well. Too. Knew I recognized that name. That kid's really good at basketball. Yeah, yeah. He, it's one of the things where. Uh, just spotlight does not fear him uh that's mm -hmm. what i've got you know from a couple coaches and even nellis was like he's gonna be a really good quarterback just a brutal situation yeah. to put you in where you mm -hmm. you know potential you know conference winning game for the standings you have to go in an overtime cold yeah tough spot yeah. not a whole lot of quarterbacks it's impossible for uh, what is it, a sophomore yeah just entering a sophomore yeah. season so yeah. but yeah or will be situation. fine especially like basketball baseball solid players yeah. well too he's a great athlete yeah so yeah 100 expect expect cambridge to bounce back this week against dodgeland dodgeland's got a little bit better defense but i still think cambridge will roll ryan though because that waterloo marshall game is going to be for the conference i would bet how did marshall do this week yeah you know surprisingly clinton was marshall's biggest sweat last season they went undefeated in conference but they only beat clinton 20 to 18. And so, you know, Clinton's the biggest team in the Eastern Suburban by a pretty wide margin by enrollment numbers. And so they're kind of always that team of, like, sleeping giant. Could they pick off one of the higher teams? But Marshall kind of left no doubt this time. They were without Matthew Modal when they played him last year. This year they had him, and it was huge. They win 30-13. to 13. And, you know, the rushing game, they pick up 331 total yards. Max Temple, the track star, with 103. Uh, Braden Klubertans with 93. Um, you know, they didn't really need Modal. He only had 68 yards. They were able to kind of dish it out and 
just a steady approach the whole time. And I have to keep giving shout-outs to Brady Kleinheinz, their sophomore quarterback. Uh, only completes six passes, but they go for two touchdowns. No no picks. The kid just takes care of the ball, not afraid to throw it away if the, if the play's dead, which is a great characteristic in a sophomore quarterback. You'll get a lot of kids that will throw that slant anyways and <laughs> see it going the other way. So I'll have to look up his numbers, but – you know, his, his touchdown to interception ratio has to be great because he's always he, – he comes out every game with about two or three, and it's very rare that you see him throw a pick. He might he may even not have one. I'll, I'll look that up while you guys are talking next. But, yeah, <laughs> while it, we're just shooting the breeze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, last year Marshall, when, when they went over to Waterloo for the de facto Eastern Suburban, they won 42-0, to zero and ju- it shocked everybody in the area. You know, Waterloo was – a, a, again, a very good team coming into that game 4-0 last year and got walked all over, but I'm sure that they remember that. And, you know, it's 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 a vast, vastly different Marshall team and a kind of the, the same Waterloo team as last year. So it's uh, I'm really interested to see that game. I am, uh, of course, going to be at that one to see who wins the Eastern, Eastern Suburban this year. Marshall's won it every year since it's existed, and you know, mm-hmm. Waterloo's looking to play spoiler, so I'm very excited to see how that goes down. I would almost make that trip over as just a fan because it's like you got yeah. two teams that are going to be fighting for that crown. Yeah. Uh, but, Peter, speaking of another, you know, smaller school team that continues to climb in the state rankings, Lodi, another big win for the Blue Devils. Yeah, Lodi just, uh, again, uh, they kind of like Wanakee, they just keep rolling. Uh, they blasted uh, Turner, Lloyd Turner, on the road this week. Rolled out to a 36 to nothing halftime lead, and then it was running clock. Mason Elaine, again, was a star. Threw for four touchdowns, no picks. Threw two uh, scoring strikes, uh, each to Aiden Grosskopf and Gar- Gavin Sargent. Um, meanwhile, the defense just totally smothered Turner. I think Turner had like 28 total offensive yards. Um, Kyle Kurt, Paxton Krugen, Krugman, Lane, and Kyler Clemens all had interceptions, and Kyler Clemens and Jace Kalinske uh, led the way in tackles with five each. So, um, kind of like Wanaki, uh, they're good pretty much every phase of the game, and uh, they are steamrolling to that uh, big matchup later on the season against Columbus, uh, which that's going to be a great game. I can't wait for that one. Okay. So, that's the story with Lodi right now. If we didn't have to cover all these teams, that would 100% be a game where it's like, okay, all three of us are going to go yeah. just to watch this game. <laughs> I'd love right. to be able to be a fan and go watch yeah. games because yeah. there's some really good football in this area. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. like at the lower levels with just Columbus and Lodi all in that area. Mm-hmm. It's an yeah. exciting time. We're getting near <laughs> October. The weather's getting a little chillier out. That's like, right. You're getting near those conference races. But big win for Lodi because also, too, they take care of business, and then also, too, we're able to get the backups in right away. Don't have yeah. to risk injuries like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Deerfield, I will touch on as well, too, uh, because they uh, unfortunately lost to Randolph. But the big thing for the Demons was they were able to get the offense going. When I talked with Coach Swieger, he had talked this week about, you know, to, you know, they're mentioning to Austin Anderson, the quarterback, hey, just start slinging it, you know, like you're a smart kid, but just start throwing it around and see what happens. And he started throwing it around, and guess what? Scores four touchdowns. Uh, gets a rushing touchdown, threw a long pass to Zach Hansen, which uh, Coach Swieger pointed out uh, that he got horse collared, no call, but fumbled <laughs> into the end zone, uh, which was recovered by Declan Pullman for a touchdown. So not sure how that got re- uh, goes down on the stat sheet, um, but then uh, he threw another touchdown pass to Hanson later on. Uh, Messvin Drexler also caught a touchdown pass as well, too, and Eli Key as well, too. So a lot of touchdowns for Anderson. So the offense starting to figure some things out as well, too. Unfortunately, Randolph just ran the ball really well against the Demons. 
Uh, one thing for the Demons that was a struggle was uh, they lost junior defensive lineman Will Brotley to a season-ending injury, which was a bummer for both me and Coach Swieger because we were both kind of chat. Like, you know, you could see the progressions that the uh, junior lineman was making throughout the season, kind of becoming a leader on that defensive line. And also, too, it's a tough blow because when, you know, you, these smaller schools and you're in the smaller conferences and where they love to run the ball, you got to have as much depth on that defensive line as possible. Yep. Uh, so we'll see how the Demons bounce back. The one positive for Deerfield so far is you've kind of got through the rough patch of the schedule a little bit. You know, you faced Partyville, who's undefeated. Uh, you faced uh, Randolph, who is undefeated in conference right now. You get Cambria Friesland, which really, now that I think about it, isn't like a big drop because, you know, they're a level three playoff team last yeah. year. But, you know, Deerfield's played them tough the past two years. I'm going to that game. Uh, it's their awareness game uh, for proceeds going to Habitat for Humanity, so it's always a great thing that Deerfield does with their awareness games uh, where they partner with everybody. So I think it could be a good matchup. You know, I'm ex- I'm cautiously optimistic where I think <laughs> I could see um, a good game. If, you know, if they're able to get a complete game from their offense, complete game from their defense, oh. and, you know, they put headpieces together, they can put it together, you know, they could get a big win here. Um, against, you know, Cambria Friesland. So, and speaking of, you know, teams, smaller schools from the area, Peter, you were up at Poinette for a little bit, uh, and looks like Watoma was able to come back against the yeah. Pumas. I will. I, I'll touch on that for a little bit. I want to get to uh, the DeForest uh, game, uh, which was, for me, the most exciting game of the yeah. week. But hey, uh, you got time. You got nine minutes. I, I do? Oh, man. I'll, uh, I'll, let, I'll let go. But, uh, yeah, I, I was up in Poinette, and Poinette played a good first quarter. Um, they, I, I was there for a uh, their, their lone scoring drive, would prove to be their lone scoring drive of the game. But they look good uh, on offense, and uh, it was uh, – Finished off by uh, Carter Peterson, uh, 27-yard run. Um, tough run, broke tackles, got into the end zone, and, uh, you know, things were looking good. Uh, unfortunately, I had to leave and go to a soccer game, take photos, and then I had to run down to Key to take photos. So, you also went um, to a soccer game? I, I, well, yeah, I went to the Defo- I had DeForest boys were at home, so I took photos of that. So Should yeah. be illegal to play other sports uh, Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Outside of Girls Swim. Girls Swim is like a good warm-up because they start yeah. at like five. Well, yeah. Go so yeah. watch the Girls Swim, right. then go to the football game. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, Ashton Meister uh, had, a, had a pretty good game uh, going 12 for 25 and passing. He had 100 yards. Um, one of the real bright spots, I, I think, that uh, maybe Poinette is kind of fi- figuring out is uh, how to use Vince Hathaway. Um, he, he's kind of a, a a guy you can throw the ball to and let run. Um, you know, kind of a dual threat guy. Uh, he rushed for 84 yards on 16 carries and also caught four passes for 71. Um, so uh, you know, and uh, that's he's been doing s- similar things um, recently. Um, but uh, Poinette's defense, um, you know, which has kind of been their hallmark this year, they allowed 179 yards through the air and 111 rushing yards uh, to Skyler uh, Royston. Um, so uh, they ended up losing 21-7. to um, Tough loss. I think that was one of the ones on the schedule where Poinette looked at and maybe said, especially playing at home, that they could get. But uh, um, unfortunately, they fell. Um, couldn't keep the momentum going after that first drive. So. And I, I got the floor for DeForest. <laughs> now, this, uh, it's interesting with DeForest because we talk about similarities uh, in, in between seasons. Just like last year, they started the year on three. And just like last year, they had a brutal early season schedule. They're playing the likes of Mount Horeb and Wanakee. And uh, so it, it's not 
all that surprising that they started 0-3, especially as they're kind of getting some new pieces in. You know, they've got a new quarterback replacing Mason Keyes, who was, you know, a division uh, while he goes to play at uh, um, Duluth, I believe. Um, So, you know, it's not all that surprising. And frankly, uh, you know, getting Portage in the fourth game of the year is not exactly the cakewalk it used to be. Um, you know, I, I, like uh, Coach Mack was saying, when you see the name, you're kind of – a lot of people are thinking that's that's a sure win, but that is not the case anymore. And going up to Portage, um, you know, they, they got a big win, a 47-35 uh, win, um, and it was it was an interesting game. It was a seesaw affair, um, and point at, or, uh, uh, Portage was up 21-14, to late in the half and they had a chance to add to that lead and DeForest got a big goal line stand uh to kind of keep the game at seven and then you know they got a touchdown uh uh, early in the second half to tie it up and going into the fourth quarter uh it was 28 28 um and then uh, DeForest got another big uh stop on defense on fourth down and they ended up outscoring uh um Portage uh, 19-7 in the fourth quarter and ended up going on, on for the win. One of the touchdowns uh, late in the game was a uh, th- uh, a running back sweep pass for Jalen uh, Carter, uh, who threw to uh, Nolan Powers. And one of the things that uh, Coach Max had really sparked the team uh, this week was um, their receivers catching 50-50 balls. Um, he specifically singled out Nick Hermanson uh, for getting two of them. He said that was a real spark. And then on that running back sweep, uh, it was uh, Nolan Powers um, coming down with that one. So, uh, yeah, winning those 50-50 balls and getting those key defensive stops, you know, proved to be, uh, uh, you know, the difference um, for DeForest. And, uh, um, you know, talking again about Jalen Carter, um, you know, he's he, he's a guy who's replacing another former star at DeForest and Kale Drinka. Um, and he broke 100 yards uh, this week, uh, rushing for 139, and then he gets the, you know, the running back sweep pass. So uh, kind of a, a maybe a breakout week for them and, you know, signs of uh, – uh, you know, you talk about cautious optimism. I think there's some cautious optimism in DeForest that they can go on another winning streak like they did last year and, and make the playoffs. You know, they reeled off seven straight wins after that 0-3 start last year. And especially with um, quarterback Max Mitchell uh, coming into his own. Um, he's a model of efficiency in this game, uh, completing 12-16 passes for 193 yards and three touchdowns. And, uh, you know, he's really helped out by his receiving core. But, you know, they've got pieces. They've got two really good tight ends and Tucker Grundahl and uh, um, Jackson Accordy and uh, Accordy I believe just got offered from Vanderbilt this week so um, yeah so yeah so uh, he's getting some notice and and he's a big target and and Tucker Grundahl you know he may not have the athletic gifts Jackson, but uh, man, he makes the most of what he's got. He's a, he's a reliable pass catcher, and he finds a way to get open, especially over the middle. And and he he's capable of making some big plays too. So I think, uh, you know, DeForest has some reason for optimism. Yeah. Also, too, Caden uh, Connor, uh, the Monona Grove baseball player and also football player as well, too, just committed to Xavier to mm-hmm. play baseball. Wow. So congrats to him. So we have about a minute or a minute two left. I think it would be fun because we. It's tough for us to, you know, talk about other sports. Pick a sport, 
or you know, pick a team from your small and large schools and just briefly mention how good they're doing. Ryan, I'll start with you. Brief shout-out. Huge shout-out to Sun Prairie West Boys Soccer starting the season 7-0. and uh, junior junior midfielder Josh Kiltz has already broken the school scoring record with 13 goals. And as you know, there are a lot of games left. So he is mm-hmm. going to shatter that this year. Uh, the Wolves has a, have a plus 30 goal differential this season. They have been cruising against teams. State ranked as well, too. Yep, mm-hmm. that's right. They creeped in the top 10 this week. And uh, for the smaller schools, how about Marshall Volleyball? Beating Waterloo for the first time since 2016. Uh Nothing but credit to the Pirates. Didn't let it go easily. Won the third set when they'd already lost the first two. But, you know, Marshall gets it done in the fourth one. Players like Kirsten Hole, McKenna, Berg Krogman were just hammering kills. Waterloo really had trouble with that. And uh, Molly Frederick did a great job serving as they pulled that upset. Or not upset. They were the they were undefeated. Waterloo had already lost. But still. Big win for Marshall. Peter, who do you got? Well, I'll go with the, the DeForest girls golf team. Um, everybody knows about Wanakee with Izzy Stricker, um, you know, the defending state champion, and Wanakee's rolling right along. But I'll tell you, the Norskis are, are really heading into the conference tournament with a head of steam. They just won the uh, Portage invite um, by 30-some strokes. Um, they had uh, best score in program history. Um, Abby Henriksen, uh, she's a freshman. She's really been a, a big spark. But her and uh, Brinley Gonnan uh, have really keyed um, their resurgence uh, along with Avery uh, Meek, too. Um, but they are rolling right along. And just a brief mention, uh, Lodi uh, cross-country teams are doing really well. Uh, they go up against tough competition every week, and it seems like they're finishing up in the upper echelon of every meet. So. Yeah, I will also give a shout-out to all my cross-country teams as well, too. Deerfield, Cambridge, McFarland, and Monona Grove all have had solid starts to the year. For my colleagues Peter and Ryan, my name is Kayla Hansteed. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you.